Hi everyone, welcome to the Teacher Cast. I'm so happy that we're kicking off my project now um, that I've wanted to do for a really long time. I am so happy to kickstart this with my lovely friend Gemma, who has joined me on my first episode. So Gemma, if you want to introduce yourself. Hi guys, um, I suppose I wanted to start off by massively thanking Hayley for asking me to be part of such an exciting project. Um, so thank you so much Hayley for asking me to be part of it. I'm really happy to be part of this journey and I think it's such an exciting project to start off with. So thank you so much Aww. and best of luck with it. Thanks Gem, I'm so happy to have you on um, <laughs> my first episode. Obviously this is new to me so I'm so excited to just, I don't know, delve in and have deep conversations with you know yourself and yeah. other teachers and just learn and I suppose ask the silly questions really exactly yeah that's what it's all about so if you want to explain maybe the type of teacher you are and where you work maybe um not exactly now obviously but um if you want to like share your position in the school yeah of course so my name is Gemma or Moontra Gems on Instagram and I'm a qualified primary school teacher in Adesh Band 1 Grail School in Dublin's inner city um, I'm actually also currently AP1 in my school which means assistant principal and um, I've experienced teaching in rural urban Desh Grail schools and Gwaeltacht schools and I'm originally from the Connemara Gwaeltacht um, so I started off completing my undergrad in the Bachelor of International Studies in NUIG in Galway. And I studied Gaelga and French through Irish as part of my degree. And within that, I actually spent a year living in France on Erasmus. Oh, and then cool. once I completed that, I completed my professional master's in education in Merino. Nice. Um, teaching college of Trinity uh, College Dublin. And my master's thesis for my master's faculty. Uh, focused on factors that influence parents' decisions to send their child to a Gaelic school. Oh. So as you can imagine, this was like a massive part of my life. I attended a Gaelic school for primary and secondary school. And I've actually also completed all of my teaching practices in Gaelic schools and currently working one. So I'm really passionate about that. Um, and I think that kind of derives from being passionate about working with other teachers mm -hmm. and like mental health in teachers because there's that sort of atmosphere in Gaelic schools where you work together and it's yeah. there's such a team atmosphere in a Gaelic school where everyone's working together. So I think that's where I came from. That's really interesting, Gem. So you haven't done any of your school placements then in an English like medium school? No, I actually haven't. No, oh, that's um, interesting. Because I haven't stepped foot into a Gaelic school. So it's just interesting yeah. on the other foot. Yeah. We're so lucky in Ireland to have such a I suppose, eclectic mix of different schools. And I think the unique variety of schools that we have in Ireland is so amazing for mm -hmm. such a small country. You know, you've community national schools, educate together, Gaelic schools, all that. And it's so nice to sort of, I suppose, work in something that I'm familiar with that yeah. I went to myself. And I think um, that atmosphere is, is a place that I'm very comfortable and feel at home in. So, yeah, that's that's sort of why I, nice. I chose to work in Gaelic schools and do my placements there. You mentioned, Gemma, that you're uh, AP1 in your school. For someone that doesn't understand what AP1 is, how would you describe it? Yeah, so depending on the size of your school, you have A posts and B posts. So A posts would be AP1 and AP2, and then B posts would be uh, B post 1 and B post 2, but it depends on the size of your school. My school is quite small. So we just have a pre-vegger principal, a last pre-vegger, which is vice principal, and an AP ahean. So I was actually given it last year and this year, and um, it's basically just under the vice principal. And I have two or three extra, um, I suppose, um, things that I have to do during the year, responsibilities, um, 
and it's a workload that's a bit of an extra workload but I love it because I think that it's something that I like to do that's not exactly to do with the classroom it's outside of the classroom as well as inside you know for example I work on our school's website and Instagram and that's something that I'm passionate about I love social media so Mm -hmm. I think that side of it is something that I can do on the side as well as working in the classroom yeah yeah no I like that it's nice how how a job where you think you're going to be in the classroom forever can turn into something beyond that like you know it's obviously a part of it but stemming you know out into other other aspects of the role that's really interesting um just for like you started you studied you did your arts degree wasn't it Gem? yeah and then you went on to do teaching so who was your inspiration to begin you know your journey to become a teacher um it's so funny that you asked that because everyone from my little village would know this man because he's just incredible yeah in dublin in dublin it's it's you know so different like you know it's so big like i'd say coming from a guayasuk area you probably it's such a tightly knit community not saying it isn't in dublin but um, no, definitely. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I suppose, though, um, this, this man was just such an inspiration for me. Yeah. He was my fifth and sixth class teacher. So I grew up in multi-grade classes throughout my whole schooling. So first and second class, Ranga Hina and Tho would have been together. Ranga Trigas Karela Kayla, August Ranga Kuiga, August Shayla Kayla. So my Ranga Kuiga and Ranga Shay class teacher, who was the principal also, mm-hmm. um, is 100% the reason why I'm a teacher. Aww. And the main reason for it um would be that he was just such a fair teacher and I know that's a really funny thing to say and it's sort of hard to explain but he was just very fair in his classroom management Mm -hmm. in his different strategies he used his methodologies he used everything was so fair and myself and about five six others out of my class are primary school teachers because of this man yeah and we would have a class of about 18 of us so it just shows how much of an inspiration he was Still to this day, I often talk to see him or I'll see him out on a walk and talk to him. And he's Aww. such a gentleman. And is, he, really... is he still in the school? He's currently the principal in the Aww. local primary school of my village. So, Lovely. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. nice. You were saying yeah. that how he was so fair. Is that something yeah. that you implement in your classroom as well? Like, is there certain things you're like, oh, my, my, my fifth and sixth class teacher, he used to do this with us. And it just kind of gives you that kind of spark of, you know like memorabilia when you were back in school yeah definitely Hayley no I I would definitely find myself saying things he said or doing things that he had done when we were in school and I think being fair is something that was really important to him and you know not even this thing of giving second chances but but just being fair and Mm -hmm. knowing boundaries and making the classroom rules extremely explicit and clear and we all knew what was expected of us um Yeah, which is something that I'd like to hopefully say that I do also myself. Yeah. Very good. And so overall, what's your fondest memory um, of when you were in primary school? Like I know you said the teach that fifth and sixth class teacher was really inspirational to you. But is there a time or a memory that you have when you were in primary school? That yeah. Out? Uh, so it's really funny. I uh, grew up going to a school that was literally on the sea. So a uh, two minute walk and you're at the edge of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> And one day, the principal was reading us a story, and the story was actually Tom Crean. And he was reading about the Irish explorer Tom Crean, and he jumped off his seat and shouted. And we kind of all jumped and got a fright, and he went to the door of the classroom, and he was like, come on, come on, quick, follow me, follow me. We were like, what is going on? So basically, Hayley, he actually thought that he saw... Uh, a whale or a dolphin or something in the sea and he wanted to bring us down 
And oh the poor God. man realized once we got to the edge of the sea that it was a scuba diver, just someone swimming <laughs> and scuba diving. Well, you thought this was planned, obviously. We were just like, what's going on? And he thought that there was like a whale or a dolphin or something. And when he got down and realized it was a scuba diver, the poor man was so embarrassed that we all just couldn't stop laughing because we were all so excited running down to the seafront being like, oh my God, we're getting to see a dolphin or a whale. <laughs> it was so funny. Perfect and timing. And stuck with me. Oh, that's so nice. That's so different because like where I went to school, like it's nowhere near the sea. It's in West Dublin. So yeah, I um, that's I'd actually would love to work in a school by the sea. I, you know, there there are schools by the sea, but it's, you know, it's so it's so hard to get a school like right beside the, the ocean. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it's a great it's a great place for people to learn. We used to have PE swimming in the sea. Like now thinking oh, back, it's like I am so blessed. Yeah, to, definitely. To be we had nothing like that. To swim in the sea for PE, incredible. Yeah, we had nothing like that. So, Jem, what's your fondest memory then of working in a Goyle school so far? I, how many years are you teaching now? So I'm going into my fifth year in Dublin and my third year teaching. Okay. Um, okay. And what's yeah, your fondest so memory in those not years? Too many years, but I do have so so many already. Yeah. Um, but one thing I think that has stuck with me was that in my first year of teaching, I had Rangadho in a Gael school. And during the 2019-2020 school year, I prepared second class for their first confession. And within that first confession, there was a lot of work behind the scenes involved that we had to prepare. Music, prayers, drama. And the parents were allowed to come and see the children singing and performing a drama piece that we had worked on together. Oh, that's nice. Um, and it was in the class's auditorium. And I suppose it was just really nice to see how proud the parents were of the work that we had done. And it was something that I was very proud of and enjoyed doing because yeah. I love to sing and all that. But I think just seeing the children being proud of their own work and getting to show their parents how much work and effort and time mm-hmm. they had put in was really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a great way for them to showcase their talents, showcase their singing, showcase their acting, showcase their Irish. It was incredible. Oh, that's so nice. That's so different. Yeah. You know, generally the fondest memory is like, I don't know, something maybe a silly that happened or something like that. But that's actually such a feel good, you know, memory yeah. to have. So, Gem, what's school placement like in a Gael school? Like, what's your experience like and what would what advice? Well, maybe after you can maybe share what advice you give to someone who's coming into a Gael school that maybe has never... I guess you know step foot in a Gael school like myself um we maybe could give the advice after but first what's your experience so far like when you were doing the PME and doing your school placement yeah so as I said I went to Marino Institute of Education so within your two-year uh, professional master's of education you do four school placements so the first one is with um the senior end so I had Ranga Kahar in Skullnyasson which is here in Dublin um, which was just incredible. It's an incredible school. Um, it is literally the girls' school of your dreams. The teachers are so nice there. The building is lovely. Um, and they kind of have this lovely model that's really unique where it's a girls' school that's non-uniform and their motto is that Gaelge is their uniform. Mm-hmm. So when you walk through the gates of the school, you're, you may not be wearing a uniform, but your Gaelge is is something that you have that makes you part of the school. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed this placement and I was really lucky. I had a lovely um, inspector and I got high marks and I had lots of support from the staff. The teacher that I had was a lovely man. Um, I was with him and he had gone to Marino himself and he'd been teaching about 20 years. So he was such a support to me. And the class were just gorgeous. Um, Something funny actually that only happened last week was that I did a summer camp at home in the little village that I'm from. Yeah. 
I was the head coach for the under sixes. Um, and as I was walking to put out hula hoops and hurdles and create an obstacle course, one um, of my helpers who's 15 or 16 came up to me to introduce myself himself to me. And when he was introducing himself to me, I could tell by his face that he was giving that look, Hayley. Do you know that look where it's like, mm, you should know who I am? Yeah. Or do you oh, remember me? Or like, yes. am I not familiar to you? Yeah, I guess it. So I asked him what his name was and that kind of, he, he was taken aback by that. And then after a second, I sort of said to myself, I should know who this is. And he goes, do you not remember me? And I said, no. And he goes, I'm sure Gemma. And I kind of went quiet for a second. I was like, oh, Jeannie, Mac, who is this? He's <laughs> currently in uh, second year in uh, Gwales School back home where I'm from, but he had moved and he had remembered me and oh he was in God. the first class that I had on my first school placement. That's crazy. He was so nice, yeah. And we had great chats about different lessons that I'd done that he enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. One of the things he said to me, of course, a young lad remember this. He was like, oh, Gemma, you gave us so many sweets and chocolate when you were leaving. <laughs> what, a thing to be mem- just... what a thing to be remembered by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just so nice to see him, I suppose, and actually catch up and reflect on it. Yeah. Um, and even little things like we were talking myself and his name was Fionn we were speaking about how Jack McCaffrey the Dublin footballer actually came to the school Mm -hmm. with the Sam Maguire cup while I was on school placement which was such a lovely experience to be part of because on your first school placement you usually don't get to be part of such a big whole school event Mm -hmm. so the prep and planning that went on behind that was lovely and just to watch how excited the kids were and Jack came in and he spoke Irish and he was really gentle and lovely with the children he was spoke Irish to them and he was so nice and yeah. let them hold a cup yeah oh that's so good yeah so then the second placement that I had was actually um I was given a scholarship from Marino to go to Gwaeltacht Glas which means the green Gwaeltacht of uh, County Mead um so Rathcarn oh, okay so wait hang on now where how do you get a scholarship is this so explain this Marino, Marino will um give PME ones notice of about a month before Easter, about five or six weeks before school placement starts, that you can okay. apply to do school placement in the Gaeltacht. You'll okay. be put up in a little Bannantee's house and the Bannantee will look after you by giving you your meals of the day wow. and everything. Yeah, and it was really nice for me because I suppose it was a way for me to see a different Gaeltacht in Ireland yeah. as well as um, a Gaeltacht school. So With a different dialect as well. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So bearing yeah. in mind that the first one was a Gael school and then this one was a Gael school. So it was nice to sort of have that to say that I'd been in a different school. So when I got offered that, I went down to Mead and I had Ninan Vora, okay. um, which is senior infants. And I had an amazing teacher. She was Nora. She was lovely. And the inspector actually, hey, I'll be totally honest with you. Mm-hmm. He was difficult because I found that he had a very particular way that he wanted me to do things, which was fine. And yeah. I did get on well. But um, it was a lovely rural school. And I think that sometimes trying to implement these big, fancy things in those small rural schools can be a little bit dif- difficult. Yeah. Um, do you think that's I because, do you think that's because like they might not have the resources or do you think that's just because of numbers or? It's funny that you say that because I think both things were um, a factor to consider in this because they were doing, for example, the Fela Skull Dromiachta, which means that myself and the teacher were both preparing them uh, to do Kininor Agusta Three Bear, which is Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And we were 
do it was actually part of a competition and I was helping her to prepare for that and little things like that he wouldn't have been too happy with it he wanted me to do drama lessons on my own and Mm -hmm. things like this but sometimes Hayley when you're in school placement you have to delve right in and help the school on different things that they need help with Mm -hmm. and now there's a lot of emphasis on drama and music in Goyalta schools. Shano singing, Shano dancing, or drama just in general, because the Fela School Drama is like an a Goyalta drama competition that schools take part in Goyalta schools and okay. Goyalta schools, and it's it's really nice. So it was a pleasure to help her and be part of it. And I think what was really nice was towards the end he did understand, but it was just once or twice when I was chatting to him or the first time he came in, he was kind of taken aback by different things. But I think Haley that. Some inspectors, and I'll just be honest with you, can be stuck in their ways and want you to do things a particular way. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And, you know, but it was nice for me to get to see that school and it was a very special thing. So I was just, I suppose, a little bit disheartened in that, you know, that it might have taken away from it. But no, so that was the second one. And then the third one. Well, just on that note, sorry, Jem, I have to agree. Like, you know, I, you know, it's nice to get suggestions and that's great. But like, and... I suppose when I went to my first school placement, like very similar, like I, I suppose I was under the impression, you know, oh, this, this particular thing is going to work or, yeah, you know, and it might not work because of the class. So, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I just thought no, I'd mention that. From, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Look, we all have that experience of one or two inspectors. And mm-hmm. I think the disappointing for me, Hayley, which was something I was going to mention was, all of my inspectors were male and all were about 60, 70 years old. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it was just because I suppose the teaching colleges find it quite difficult to find inspectors that speak Irish or that are oh, comfortable yeah. or confident enough to go into a Gael school and inspect a teacher in a Gael school. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I get that. They, they find that quite difficult to find someone. So um, I suppose it's something for people who work in Gael schools or who are interested in, you know. Yeah. That there's, there's crying a, out there's for school placement tutors. Exactly, yeah. crying out for school placement tutors, yeah. Um, so then my third one was a special school placement and that lasted for uh, 10 weeks every Friday. This was really different, Hayley. Um, I did it in a severe and profound learning disability school, uh, wow. which was called Skull Special Teen and Dooley's. It's there in Kararua, Kararo. Okay. Uh, people would know Kararo. And uh, due to the fact that this school was for severe and profound learning disabilities, uh, they had stunning, stunning facilities. They had really? a sensory room. They had a hydrotherapy sensory pool and the teachers were incredible just absolutely amazing people Um, really good to us they had loads of resources they let us you know read stories with the children go on little social outings to cafes and walks nature walks walks to the library um yeah and I really did thoroughly enjoy that and I got to do it with my friend and the both of us did it and the inspector came and just had an informal chat with us which is what they do in Marino and for this chat it was really nice because you could sort of explain what you've been doing the few weeks there and what you got out of it, what you learned and how that school may be different to a different school because this is our third one. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was really special. Yeah, what I loved was that. The, um, the class level you worked with or is it mixed? So they had from four years old to 18. So they had three classrooms. They had, was it four to eight year olds, eight to 12 and then 13 to 18. Oh, but okay. 
they they had a teacher and two SNAs in every classroom in that school. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, so, so and they would never have more than about the four or five students per classroom. It wouldn't have been over. You know, it, it was small classes. Well yeah, resourced. Yes. Yeah, very well resourced. And I just think that um, even things like the the principal and the teachers got to know us on a personal level because they knew that it was going to be a different and a new experience for us, and that it would be so unique. And they were very good to both of us, and yeah. I really did enjoy it. And I think that's something that was nice about Marino it wasn't an inspection inspection for that placement it was more so a chat where the inspector would come and talk to you about your experience get to know how you got on and what you learned uh, and that was nice because you weren't in fear waiting for the inspector to come yeah. you knew that it was just an informal chat which was nice I love that that's so unique like that's such a unique experience to have on school placement um, and yeah. like I've yeah. never well maybe I'm silly but I've never heard of a hydrotherapy sensory pool so how does that differ from like a normal pool has it got like you know additional like equipment yeah, on it or lights bubbles lights like yeah oh my uh, god it music it plays music it's stunning yeah really wow. nice. so special so cool. room that they can dim the lights on turn the lights on in the pool the pool plays music it's like a jacuzzi like with bubbles yeah it's lovely oh, really wow, nice. that's so cool yeah yeah so nice and then my final one was my advanced school placement which i did at home and that was three months um now I had been on yoga but I had quite a large class I had over 30 so it was wow. difficult yeah. um it is the ultimate dream school the school at home is just newly built it's uh newly furbished wow. it's got a lovely big hall it's got an astro turf outside after turf pitch it's really nice the infant teacher there for Nina Vyaga has been teaching infants for years and she's amazing. She's just incredible. She's yeah. made to be a Nina Vyaga teacher in a girls' school. Um, and also I think what was nice was my first inspector was so lovely that it set me up for the three months. He was really, really lovely. He was really kind. He mm-hmm. praised me highly for everything I did. He wanted me to do well. You know what I mean? He, he really was a really nice man. And, and encouraging. Uh, That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, my second inspector was a little bit strict in particular, like the one I mentioned previously. But I think that once you did things his way, he was happy, if that makes sense. So gotcha. I didn't really mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once I ticked his boxes, he was really happy with me. And they were both, they're really good experiences because you did two blocks. So you, so you did um, four weeks teaching, two weeks in resource and four weeks teaching. So it was like three months altogether yeah. spread out. That's a nice break. Um, I loved it. I really adored it. I have to say it was a lovely advanced school placement. It was tough, but I was delighted to be at home and to be able to do it at home. So you those two weeks you did resource, were they in Ninon Vyoga as well? So you just stayed in Ninon Vyoga for the full time? So I say resource. Um, but actually Haley, what I did for those two weeks mm-hmm. was shadow um the Munchar Takiyat Tanga, which is oh, what okay. Gretel schools have been given now. So it's a language support teacher. At Gretel schools have been given that. That was piloted the year I did it. So that would have been one, two, three, about four years ago. And it was in pilot at that time. So now okay. it's gone through. And it's basically a teacher. It's actually my dream job. It's a lovely job that goes around <laughs> to the different classes and they take out students that are uh, maybe higher achievers for Irish and work with them or teach uh, students that need... Um, excuse me, students that are higher achievers or students that might need a bit of extra help with Gaelic. They play games with those students, write the news with those students. They um, 
they might do different if it was with infants maybe do different songs to help them learn certain things um maybe a song to learn parts of the body for example or a song to learn colors or song to learn shapes yeah um and would they be taken out one-on-one or are they taken out in groups groups yeah um now in that role i believe you can come into the classroom and do co-voonshurot which means um teaching together with the class teacher gotcha yeah but the way that it was used when I was there was that groups would be taken out of five or six students. Uh, we might go to the hall to play a game. We might go up to her classroom that she had to play a board game or to learn a new song or a new rhyme. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really lovely. That's what I spent that, those two weeks doing, actually, um, okay. which I really enjoyed. So that, that I suppose, it that post is alongside set teachers too. Am I correct in saying exactly. that? Exactly. Yes, it okay. is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Interesting. I never knew that. So does every Goyle school now have one of those? So that wouldn't be Goyle schools, Hayley. That's more so Goyle schools that are given oh, that. Okay. Um, I they're finding yeah. that there's sort of a gap in the market for that due to the fact that when people move to the Goyle Talk, like for example, my parents, um, they won't have Goyle get. So maybe there are students that need a bit of extra support in it. Gotcha, because they're and not speaking at other all. Side of this, yeah, exactly. And on the other side of the spectrum, where mm-hmm. there'd be students that live in Gwaeltoch, there is that flourish and they're in Rangado and they're up to a Rangakui, Rangashe level of yeah. their Gwaeltoch. You know, totally um, gotcha. so it's actually a fabulous role. It really helps the, the class teacher and the parents and the principal. It's a That's lovely brilliant. role. So yeah. good. It sounds like you just like sing and r- do rhymes, especially if you had like the infants, like yeah. I, it'd be so nice. So yeah. so fun. Um. So that's all your your school placements, is it, Jen? Yes, we had four of them. Uh, in Marino, yeah. um, including advanced school placement and special uh, education placement. Yeah, I really enjoyed them. So that's then, the on the flip side, now, so now that you're a teacher and you're in the classroom, do you think that you know maybe shoot? Have you ever, first of all, have you ever had a student? I was actually asked to take on one last year, um, and. Due to COVID, I decided against it. But what I did do was I took on two girls from Freble. Freble asked uh, their PME students to observe, which I think is amazing, in a girls' school for two weeks. Yeah, I'd love that. Uh, all PME students in Freble have to do that. And I think it should be across the board and it should be in yeah. all teaching colleges. Just to observe. Not to, I understand there might be a little bit of fear. We'll mm. talk about that in a moment. Yeah. A bit of fear about working in a girls' school. But I thought that was really nice. And I took those two girls on and they were lovely. They gave me a gift at the end of it and everything. Aww, which was so, so unnecessary. But the two of them were lovely. <laughs> yeah, and they really enjoyed it. And I think what was nice for them was it definitely did help their confidence. Like one of them in particular said to me when the both of them were leaving, oh, Gemma, like we just feel so much more comfortable now in this setting and actually think we could do this. It's it's not yeah. actually that difficult, you know. Do you think, it gives you an insight into what it's like. Yeah, do you think people, you know, have a fear of a Goyalska and think having that observation week maybe would break the, down that, you know, that idea or that preconception that people might have because I certainly have it, do you know what I mean? I definitely think there's that preconception there that you said, but 100% um, having an observation week or two would help to reduce that fear and help with their confidence and how comfortable they'd be in a girls' school. Like, people think that their level of girls get, oh, it's not good enough to work in a girls' school and they have a lack of confidence. Mm. And my school, Haley, struggled majorly to get substitute teachers. I've told you this, like... Mm very difficult for us to get a substitute teacher that's happy to work in the Goyle school. A lot of subs are very nervous about it. Yeah. And I get that there's nerves there. But if we had this week or two of observation, shadowing the teacher um, and seeing what it's like day 
day-to-day and what the day-to-day running is like in a Gael Skull, mm. it would help so much because it would break down those barriers of, do you know what? That's actually not that bad. You know, I actually think I could do this. Mm. Interesting. Such an interesting yeah. thing. Like, you know, we have SEN observation weeks, you know, special education needs. So, like, it would be, I, w- I would be open to even having the option. Like, if you could give, you know, students yeah. an option for different types of schools, whether it's a special ed school, whether it's a Gwail school, there, I I think that's a yeah. really, like, modern approach um, to such a, like, a holistic yeah. l- learning view for the student doing primary teaching. Um, and as a student myself, I... I would absolutely love that. So, yeah, so then if, you know, for any students, I guess, that are trying to do Irish lesson plans, maybe whether it's in a Gwail school or in an English medium school, have you any advice? Yeah, so general lesson planning advice for me would be to... I was thinking of um, sort in maths and I think I'm going to go over to a local coffee shop across from my school and I for a few cups and because I know that they have large and medium and small yeah and for the children to sort those into the right um categories and I think getting creative with your resources doesn't mean spending hours Hayley painting cutting and designing I have done that I've been there and I still to this day do it to a certain extent but I'm definitely as the years going on go on getting more creative about using things from home and trying to be resourceful, trying to be sustainable too, I suppose, at, at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I think that is something that I'd really recommend for lesson planning because when you start off, sometimes you do spend a bit too long creating these magical, amazing things that are so lovely, but in reality, when you're teaching full-time, are so difficult to create. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose for Gaelga lesson plans in particular, whether you're working in a Gaelga school or not, I think making them as interactive as active and as fun as you can is so really important you know yeah. playing games um um making sure that oral language is at the forefront is quite important also yeah. um it would be the most important strand out of reading and writing in oral language and yeah just ensuring that the children are using their guilga during the guilga lesson yeah. you know it's um, good actually it's good that you said uh, making it interactive and fun because when I was doing subbing, I was in a second class and, oh my God, they went mad for Daryl Grady and for anyone listening yeah. in, Simon Says. So, oh my God, they were apps. They just loved it. And I, yeah. like for me, I was a bit like, oh, is this not a bit boring? Do you know? Because well, at they, those levels, you yeah. can ask them to be the teacher. And yeah, they yeah, yeah. Cool. No, they and loved so it now. Good. That's really, it's great for them to be up at the top of the classroom using their Gaelga yeah. um, and giving instructions as Gaelga, you know, mo or dihach. They're saying shasu, sishis, you know, lamer, kusawan. It's brilliant. That's yeah. a really good experience for them. And it's such a simple game, but you can get a half an hour out of it, 40 minutes. Like. This is the thing. Like, I mean, would that be appropriate for a warm up game? Like, obviously, yeah, if you were doing like the Ganeviakt, so like um, any like activities or like, yeah, activities. Once in transition, even, Hayley, maybe yeah. if you're going from something else into Gaelga, to do something like that would be really nice to get their hot the Gaelga on. And, you know, it's time for Gaelga Nish and let's get our hot the Gaelga on and play Cliha Gaelga to get a warm up and to practice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, is there any other games, like maybe one or two more games that you'd like to, to share that, you know, or not, maybe we know them already, but if they're, you think they're underrated. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, exclusive. <laughs> uh, Gemma actually has, uh, I have a seminar coming up with Gael Rothach on Clicky Gael Gessish Omaranga. So uh, what I'll do is I'll be putting together a PowerPoint for Dear Dear Gael Rothach and uh, explaining loads of different Clicky Gael that I use in the classroom that mm-hmm. I find are good. Um, Daryl Grady is a very good one. Um, but other ones that I can think of, one second I'll get them up here. <laughs> She's searching the web. <laughs> Yeah. Nothing um, wrong with a Google search. <laughs> no, I have them here on my PowerPoint that uh, I'm ready for the seminar. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so if, one second, yeah. So basically, Hokey Pokey is a great one for the young ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of like Kyol as well. It's kind of Egg Dousa, which is nice. Yeah. Um, Ladoige, which is like... Oh, uh, I played that on School Placement, yeah. actually, yeah with all the new store focal so any new words and then if they hit a wall they they sit down and but they exactly they actually, yeah, yeah, yeah they got very intense about that <laughs> oh yeah Clay <laughs> it Kim. Does, it does. do you know i've never Clay played Clay kim i know what so, it is but i've never yeah. i've never played it uh, 20 questions is another one. Oh yeah that'd be good for yeah. a Wales school i think you'd need a high st- standard or am i wrong in saying that you can make it as difficult or easy as you like mm-hmm. um like one ch- for example the, the one that i've used at my class is one child at the top of the classroom has to think of an animal and then the other children in the class work together to come up with 10 so or pose the, yeah to guess what the anavi is I get um you. like that that wouldn't be too difficult now that'd be a, a, a maybe an easier way to do for the or as i said you could make it degest or yeah. could day. you could make it like you know yeah true you, true there are ways of making it easier or more difficult or yeah yeah nice so Gem, you mentioned that at the start of the episode that you work in a desh quail school so just from your experience from working in you know schools on school placement how might a desh quail school differ from other quail schools yeah so um i suppose desh stands for delivering equality of opportunity in schools um, you have Desh Band 1 and Desh Band 2. Uh, Desh schools are in disadvantaged areas and Desh Band 1 would be more disadvantaged than Desh, Desh Band 2. Um, yeah. And then also on top of that, we have a Gael School status, obviously, which stands for an Irish medium school that is outside of an Irish speaking region. Okay. Uh, now, there are currently only about five or six Desh Band 1 Gael schools in Ireland. Yeah. Um, but I suppose there are a couple of differences that I would notice um, not many of the parents in my school would speak Irish at home or would have Irish, even English as their first language, Hayley. So um, we would have a little bit of extra work on the Gaelga side of things where I suppose the support at home, due to the fact that the parents don't have the language, yeah. At school is the main area that they're focusing on their language and learning their language. Okay. So we um we we have that I suppose to to work on. And then two things that I noticed when I started there last year were that we have what's called Doodle Den. So it's an after school literacy programme and it's for children in, in um senior infants and first class. And this is to improve their reading, writing. I love uh, it. Doodle Den. <laughs> so yeah. catchy. It's lovely. It's I actually teach it, um, because wow. I had senior months last year. I opted to teach it. I'm teaching it again this year. Yeah. And we have it four 
three evenings a week, excuse me, three evenings a week in the school. Yeah. And that is a way for them to get their reading, writing. Um, like I suppose, so t- to be quite frank, some of the parents in our school wouldn't be able to read or write themselves. So it's nice for the children to get that extra in the evening, extra bit of support and help and have stories read yeah. to them and um, practice their handwriting, practice their reading. And then another thing uh, that we have in my school are hot lunches so the hot lunch would come in every day and the children get a hot meal given to them each day which is lovely and that's a really important thing obviously um some of the children in our school might live in direct provision or in uh, areas that are socioeconomically disadvantaged um and it's it's a great it's a great way if they go to Jesh schools it is as as it says in the name opportunity it's giving them an opportunity towards education and an opportunity for their future so Yeah. yeah that's so lovely. That's very rewarding. It is. Know? It's re- it's incredible. You're really making um, a difference. The progress that the children make is really, really great because um, there are parents that are amazing and that put so much time and effort in and they are great, great kids. They're brilliant. Oh, that's so good. Like you, you really feel that your, you know, your job, like your job satisfaction would be so high. You come away from it feeling great. definitely yeah I have to I have to admit that's so true um and at the start I was worried and overwhelmed um because you're juggling the two at the same time yeah you know what I suppose I'm at um I'm at a lovely point in my life where I can do that and I'm so thrilled to be able to give those children that opportunity yeah like ultimately you're taking them into your care and you're you know you're you're facilitating you know all things of everything you're facilitating yeah, everything suppose, for them it's not just their education needs, their social needs yeah. their emotional needs and um we're really lucky to be part of things such as city connects and a lot of people who work in desh schools that are urban would know about city connects and things like this and doodle den and some of the terms that i've mentioned and mm. as i said we get the hot lunches like it's it is very different it's it's but it's amazing and i'm so i'm so lucky to be permanent in such a special unique school so the doodle den can can people volunteer and do that or do you have to be a teacher to to do the doodle den it, it's teachers in the school only that do okay. it but what's really good Haley, is that um the lessons are planned for you there and you they're based on a big book so every second week there's a big book and you do work towards say drama music on that big book you'll learn a song on that big book you'll um play games to do with that big book um the teacher and role has happened a couple of times where i've had to dress up <laughs> with different characters from the stories oh, I love it. Den. It's, it's it's like a little club um and we have very small classes, obviously, in my school, because in a Jesh school, all classes are below 20 uh, students. Okay. So it's a lovely little group that we have. And um, I enjoy it. I, yeah, I do it twice every week. Um, and it runs for two hours. And it's lovely. Aww. Two hours a session, so four hours a week. Wow, yeah. that's so good. I didn't know you did that. Um, yeah. That's really interesting. Thanks for sharing that, Gem. So I suppose we're going into the last section of the podcast now where um i'm gonna try and if you know not all my guests might be asked this but i'm going to try and ask all my guests this on my podcast so um the first thing is your top three classroom tips oh when you sent me this i suppose this comes from my um desh schooling and the fact that i teach in a desh school but um praise encourages good behavior so in our school, we kind of always say that, you know, 
if there are two, three, four children that are acting out and one is being good, praise the child that's being good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it encourages the yeah. other children towards good behavior. Yeah. And I think it's such a simple thing to, that teachers can do, but it makes such a difference. Yeah, um, very good. Yeah. And then another thing that comes from my Merino background would be using nonverbal communication. So in Merino, um, eye contact and close physical proximity are a big, big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never raise my voice in the classroom. Um, I don't shout or scream. I don't really like that. And yeah. I think that eye contact can go such a long way. Or close physical proximity, standing beside the child if they're acting out or if they're yeah. chatting or if they're not on task, if they're not focused, you standing beside them is, is so powerful. Yeah, your position so, within the classroom when you're yeah. delivering such messages, I understand. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Important. And the last one is let the children help in setting out your classroom rules. So I start with my junior infants, Ninan Vyaga, Ninan Vora and Rangahin tomorrow. And one of the lessons that I have for about a half an hour, 40 minutes is we're going to set up our classroom rules and what we expect as a classroom. And we're going to work together, myself and the classes to come up with them. And yeah. it's not just going to be something that I tell them. We're yeah, going to work yeah. together to create those rules. Right. And that's quite important because you're giving the children uh, autonomy, autonomy, you're using their voice and it's, it gives them ownership yeah so you can refer them back to their rules that they made exactly (laughs) exactly yeah yeah very good really important but they're just three little tips that i have i love them um the other question i want to ask is a resource that you cannot live without so i chose two things here because they're interlinked okay Um, (laughs) my interactive whiteboard is always on in my classroom right on because I often make PowerPoint. Sometimes Haley, I go to read a story with my class, but um, if I plan to read a story with my class, it might be available in Ascoelia and I might have to translate it. Okay. So I'll make it on PowerPoint. But books or my interactive whiteboard yeah. are just my best friend because I try to read aloud to the children about three or four times a week. Yeah. And that won't be three or four different books. It could be two different books twice. Yeah, but yeah. reading aloud in the classroom is really big for me because uh, the children in my school wouldn't get a chance to listen to Gaelga at home often. So it's nice for them to listen to Gaelga when the Moontour is reading to them. Yeah. So I do that about three or four times a week and I use either my interactive whiteboard or a big book. So they're definitely and two resources I can't live without. Do you include pictures on the PowerPoint or just the words, do you know, or are you holding the book with the pictures or what, what way does that work? I've actually done it both ways and I find that putting pictures on the PowerPoint works better because if I'm holding up the book, it's it's hard to change the slide on the interactive whiteboard. Yeah, it's taken away from, yeah. Exactly, Mm -hmm. the experience, yeah. Um, I mean, Google images are brilliant or sometimes you'll find a PowerPoint in English and I'll just edit the words myself. You could could just take pictures of the book on your phone and then put them on. Yeah, I've done that before as well. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. That's really good. So, Jem, what is your funniest teaching moment? I am so excited to hear this. <laughs> I, don't, I actually don't think I've ever told you this story, but... I'm excited. Uh, the second I saw this, I thought of one particular incident. And um, when I started last August in my school, um, my Nina and Vyaga, the junior infants, were very young. They were mm-hmm. all four. And uh, each child in the class was four. And um, we were doing a whole school mural outside my school oh, and we were using paint and paintbrushes to create it yeah 
and we were mixing colors we were working on lines we were painting people so we drew the outline of the children and they painted themselves in and they put Aww. their hair they put their eyes nose mouth it was brilliant it actually turned out looking really really gorgeous um but i bent down to help a child with mixing paint and everything like that and i was chatting to her and i'm short anyway i'm short as it is i'm not even five foot and when she went to get up with her paintbrush she had blue paint on her paintbrush and she managed to put a blue strip of paint down my blonde hair oh no. i had to go the rest of the day teaching with a blue strip of paint in my hair and even when i came home that night and tried to wash it out it wasn't 100 percent gone the next yeah, day blue is it's like it took two days to get out i i can imagine that is <laughs> it would have dried and everything by the time yeah. you got home oh my but I god guess it was one of those moments where if you don't laugh you'll cry yeah so i don't i think she got a fright too because she was wondering oh is my moonshot going to give out to me? Is she going to shout at me? Have I done something wrong? And all it was was an accident. And it was so reversible. It wasn't the end of the world. But I just started laughing and she started laughing. And the whole Aww. class erupted into laughter. And it was just one of those things that I'll remember for the rest of my life. I can imagine that. Is, that's hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah. Did, did any of like your, your co-workers say anything? I'd say they uh, were so My SNA uh, that I had last year, Mary, is the same age as uh, me. And both of us went into the classroom after we finished painting the mural and the children were eating their lunch. And we were literally trying to scrub it out of my hair, but it was so hard to get it out. <laughs> so I knew that I had to wait. So I put my hair into a bun on top of my head for the rest of the day. But like you could still see the blue in it. And yeah. I just washed it that evening. When I, but just imagine poor little Jem walking around Dublin City with blue in her hair going to get <laughs> on her way home. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Gem, what's a quote that you live by? A quote that I live by. Okay, so I had to pick a Shanuckle when oh, I saw this. Of course you did. I had to. Um, and what is a Shanuckle for people that so don't a know? A Shanuckle is an old Irish proverb. And okay. they're really powerful, meaningful sayings. Yeah. And sometimes they're attached to stories or things like that. But one that myself and a few others that I'm friendly like to use is which means there's strength in unity I, um, and I suppose I've touched on this before but in a girls school teachers always have to work together SNAs secretaries principals it's a big community family setting yeah. because you often find yourself having to translate resources create resources that aren't available at mm-hmm. so there's a great sense of camaraderie and it, I suppose this strength and unity in Inartla Curly Kayla just fits so well into the Gwales School setting and um, so I decided that. to do that yeah that's so good Gem this is the bit the I suppose of the podcast I'm going to kind of hand to you so if you want to ask me a question um it can be anything at all yeah so I suppose something I've never asked you was do you know which class you would like, class level you would like in your first year of teaching? Is there a class level you'd prefer now that you've subbed and done school placement and I suppose spoken to other teachers and gotten insight into different class levels? Is there any class level you'd love to get? Okay, so this is a good question. So my first school placement was with fourth class. My next one, I believe, is with sixth class. And I've, I did summer provision. So um, the years, like the age groups that I was working with summer provision were senior infants in first class, but they're going into first class and second class, if that makes yeah. sense. There were two yeah. brothers. So honestly, I, it's too early to know. 
because but at the minute like I was happy went with fourth class for my first school placement I felt was very much middle of the road you know third fourth class curriculum um yeah I don't know I feel like if I had junior infants that would be a big thing because I just feel like with junior infants for me anyway and now maybe this because I haven't done my infants placement yet I'm hoping to do that on my Uh advanced school placement Uh maybe I think I don't know I suppose I just feel it's a huge responsibility like it's not just the learning it's the routine it's making sure they can sit properly they can zip up their coats like I'd have to I'd have to really observe before you know I'd ever step into that role but you know I could be saying different in the next few months I I guess what's great about this podcast is it puts things into context when you know episodes come out because right now we're still technically in a pandemic and you know in a year from now we might be out of it and it was an endemic um but no like I I think that change it it changes but I I can imagine myself in like a first or second class position now that might change because as I said you know I'm with sixth class in in a few weeks time in October and I was with fourth so honestly who knows really who knows um, I had second class on my first year out Haley. like I said yeah. earlier and I do definitely think it's a lovely class to start off with it's yeah. middle of the road like you said um infants is a big responsibility and it's very different teaching because you your likes of Ashter you have as you said routines in place to teach them how to zip up their coats and um open their open their lunches exactly yeah yeah so that that's all to be considered as well um I think you'd be lovely with Frangahiener though, actually. They'd be a lovely class though, yeah. but yeah. Nice in middle of the road, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I don't know now what, what classes I will have on my advanced school placement. Obviously one of them, so my advanced school placement is split into two blocks. So either one will have to be an infant's placement, um, just part of the requirements. We have to do an infant's, uh, well, Hibernia, we have to do an infant's, a middle, yeah. which is like between first and fourth, and then a fifth or sixth. So I have my middle one ticked and then hopefully I have my senior one ticked in a few weeks time. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I'll be looking for like my infant class. Um, and yeah, so I suppose, Gem, I just want to say a massive thank you for being my first guest on the first yeah. episode of my podcast. Um, as I said, I'm handing this bit over to you. So if you want to kind of share where people can find you, any maybe projects you're working on or companies yeah. that you work with, or if you have a blog or how people can contact you, um, and then if you want to just finish off by saying goodbye or a quote or yeah. a nice message. So thank you so much for asking me to be part of this, Haley. especially for being the first person. I, I really appreciate it. And I think it's such an exciting venture for you. Um, I'm so proud of you as your friend oh, that you've come up with this. It's so unique and it's an incredible achievement. So well done. Oh, thanks. Um, for me, as I mentioned earlier, I'll be working with Goyal Rathach in a couple of weeks. So if you check out my Instagram, Moontra Gems, um, you'll be able to find details and dates there. And yeah, also, um, I suppose just to say best of luck with this. And uh, I and I really and I'm so excited to see all the different people you're going to have on it. Slán Gem. Slán Gurmáget. Oh, 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 oh,